Greetings, everyone. It is I, Phoenix. I know some of you all call me back to ashes, but you can call me Phoenix. That's absolutely fine. Don't forget, down in the description box, you can buy me a coffee if you are enjoying what you are hearing. It does help out me and the channel, and I will be truly appreciative. So thank you so much. Now, with that being said, it is time to go back to ashes. For when we arise from the ashes, we are stronger, better, and happier person in the morning. Sit back, relax, or tuck in and get warm, as it is time for your dose of vocal melatonin, entitled True Paranormal Encounters. Now, I don't know a ton about the history of my childhood home, but I know that it was old as hell and one of the creepiest places I've ever lived. It was a four-story house, fancy, right? With lots of dark spaces and long stairways. Basically, it was really big. There wasn't a moment in that house that I felt like I was truly alone, and there wasn't a hallway that felt truly empty. I was just barely out of toddlerhood when I started to develop severe anxiety. I was afraid to do anything alone. I was always checking behind me, sleeping with my head under the covers, seeing things, hearing things, you name it. I'm almost 100% sure that there was something paranormal making me feel that way. I wasn't the only one seeing and hearing things, though. My older brother shared a room with me, and he always slept on the top bunk. His bed was maybe a foot away from the ceiling, and the attic was right above us. He told me that some nights he'd hear adult footsteps right above his head, just circling the attic. But it gets weirder. He told me that one night, he woke up next to a shadowy figure, just lying in bed with him. He claims the figure had two white specks for eyes, and that it wasn't acting malicious. Just lying there silently, this might have been some kind of sleep paralysis hallucination, but, considering the other events, I wouldn't be surprised if it was some kind of spirit. And now, on to the worst one. The playroom. The room was the creepiest freaking thing in the house, and I get shivers just thinking about it. It sat at the end of a long hallway on the top floor, just below the attic. My room was down the hall from it, and it was always pitch black. I remember staying up at night, staring at it, just in case something moved. I often couldn't take my eyes away in fear of something appearing if I did. Somehow... Every time I looked at the doorway, the door was wide open. And the door wasn't weak, either. It worked perfectly fine, 
and wouldn't open unless you turned the knob. I asked my dad to close it before I went to bed, and it would stay closed for a bit until it just slid open again. I'm not a door specialist, but it was just arguably creepy. But wait, there's more. Now that we're older and out of that house, me and my brother found out that we shared a terrifying experience. We both saw something incredibly creepy in the same place. I remember it vaguely. It was a small, neutral, glowing white face in the playroom. It looked a bit like a little kid, from my memory. It had no body, just a pure white face in the dark. It was around my height, and its eyes were just kind of... just... not... there. I don't remember much, but I remember it was the single, most terrifying thing I'd been through. I don't know if I hallucinated or what, but I know it felt incredibly real at the time. Maybe it was a dream or something. Because all I remember is seeing that effing face, getting scared and running back to my bed. I don't think I screamed, but I seriously don't remember. I kind of love and hate thinking about it because it just makes my hair stand on edge. Thanks to that house, I have now been diagnosed with anxiety. I am taking medication for it, and I'm all right, but I thought it was worth sharing with you. Hopefully, one day, I will get the answers that I'm still searching for. I have a few experiences, all on the same land and down the road from our land. The land used to be part of Mexico and later became Texas. It had a couple of owners, or settlers, in the beginning, but the land was eventually parceled out and roads added. These occurrences were years ago. One of them, husband and son believed me immediately because they saw how shaken and excited I was when I came home. They were scared by my fright that they drove me back to where I'd had my experience. But what I saw was gone. All I'm going to say about it was they were mostly in the trees. There were many of them. They all turned their heads and looked at me. They were transparent. I was able to put my hand through some of them when I walked closer, and at least one followed me partway home. I told my brother and father, and the next day, they showed up asking if I was okay and if I might need to go to the psych hospital. I love them dearly, but I realized we just had to keep it between me, my husband, and my children. The second incident 
was hearing a phone ringing in my daughter's room. We heard at the same time and looked at each other confused. I called the phone company asking why there'd be a phone ringing in the room with no phone. They just told me maybe my old house had a phone bell somewhere that had been covered over. In the same time frame, we had a front door that the handle would turn right before we reached it to go in. The door didn't open, just the handle turned. It wasn't stuck. That happened to my family several times, and two at least two others who knew nothing about it and were caught by surprise. We decided the best thing to do was just ignore it, and it finally stopped. The last episode was just up the drive at my mother-in-law's house on the same land as our house. We started seeing a man, and it clearly wasn't my deceased father-in-law. This man was shorter, always in a plaid shirt, jeans, boots, and seemed to be in his 50s or 60s. He was transparent and shy. I thought I was losing my mind, but then others started seeing him too. My mother-in-law was bedridden from stroke and had Alzheimer's, and even she saw the figure and would ask us who it is. Then, two different caregivers saw him at different times, and then the caregiver's grandchild. One caregiver became... At Grand Canyon University, we believe in equal opportunity, and the American dream starts with purpose. Whether your pursuit involves a bachelor's, master's, or doctoral degree, GCU's learning environments are designed for supportive networking and collaboration. With over 330 academic programs, GCU provides a path to help you fulfill your dreams. The pursuit to serve others is yours. Find your purpose at GCU. Private. Christian. Affordable. Visit gcu.edu. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate megastores led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill very afraid because she had lost her son in a car accident and was caring for her own little grandson while she sat with our mill. Her grandson had also reported seeing the man. He almost always appeared peripherally and he never stayed long. None of us recognized him. He just stand and watch us. We tried speaking to him. We tried approaching him. Then he'd vanish. We tried to beckon him to show himself. Finally, we decided not to be afraid and just try to ignore it. One caregiver remained frightened for her grandson, but stayed on. This lasted a few years and at different times, after my mill died and everyone left, we never saw him again. 
Now you may think I made this up, or we all imagined everything, but I'll swear until I die that it all did happen. I feel a bit silly for bringing it up, but I'm a pretty rational adult. However, these experiences stayed with me. I've wondered many times what I was seeing. I've never really told anyone outside of the ones who saw for themselves. I can't explain it. Can you? So, let me start by saying that my brother and I are extremely experienced desert campers and have lived near deserts pretty much our whole lives. I have never in my 20 years of life ever for one second believed in anything paranormal or anything to do with evil spirits. Unlike my brother, who has always sensed presences and been able to see mostly what we call Jen, also known as demons, until last night, which is safe to say marks the last time we will be camping alone in the desert. We always have the same place we like to go when we want to camp with minimum effort, and our day started as normal as ever, but as we got closer and closer to our destination... I saw my brother's mood completely shift. And when I asked what was wrong, he just shrugged me off and told me to just keep driving. When we arrived, I felt completely fine, but my brother was still unusually quiet. It was around 1 p.m. at that point, and we were planning on leaving at around 12 to 1 a.m., because of the heat, we made the terrible decision to set up under a few trees and a source of water, which in Middle Eastern culture is where the jinns live at night. Not that I believe that at the time, of course. However, we still set up our camp and continued on as normal. Now, my brother always says that when he feels a presence, or several in that case, he gets extremely unlucky. First, he almost dropped a box of coals on his foot. Then, he spilt an entire bottle of Coke on his phone. Then he dropped it into the sand, and then proceeded to smash his elbow on the edge of the chair he was sitting on, which is now very swollen. And lastly, but certainly not least, when he was looking through one of our boxes... He felt something cold and sharp press right against his arm. And he realized it was an unsheathed knife, which we packed with its case the previous night before, and he later said it felt like something pushed his hand into it, right where his veins are. All of these events consecutively within a matter of a few hours was certainly making us both uneasy and I, for the life of me, couldn't figure out why he was suddenly so unlucky. As I was starting to question his clumsiness, 
a random couple appeared out of nowhere, informing us that they were stuck in the sand and needed help. We drive a Land Cruiser, and they had a Nissan Altima, so we didn't expect to encounter as many issues as we did. We first dug them out without any issues, but as we pushed them out of the sand, but they got stuck again. If you know anything about dune bashing or desert camping, then you understand the psychics behind how wheels get stuck in sand, and the way this Nissan was stuck was incredibly unusual. It was literally stuck somewhere with plenty of space available for grip. And later in, my brother said that as we were digging them out of the sand, that's when he really started feeling an evil presence around us, but didn't want to say anything as to not ruin the trip and freak me out. So, we ended up having to tow them out of the sand, which again was far harder than it had to be. First, our tow strap broke off of their bumper. Tow strap cost $200 and was fine, but their bumper was slightly damaged. Then, we almost got stuck ourselves, and a 20-minute job took more than 90 minutes which again was extremely unusual and with hindsight just the beginning of all the crap to come. When we came back to our camp, we noticed how everything around us had gotten unusually quiet. The area we were in has hundreds of birds around and as far as we have seen, three cats who sometimes pay us a visit but there wasn't a single noise at all other than our fire, which was dying out unusually quickly. It had gotten dark quickly, so we had scrambled to build a fire to cook our dinner before we were asked to help the couple, and I had noticed the silence, but it didn't bother me. However, my brother suddenly grabbed my hand as we were sitting down to eat, and said with clear fear in his voice that we should go as quickly as possible and that he didn't feel safe. To ease both our minds, we prayed. We are Christian, so of course we thought it would help us. But I think it accelerated everything that happened and just made whatever was there with us angry. We quickly finished our dinner, and me being the skeptic, I was completely fine and pretty much just humoring my brother, until I started getting the nagging feeling that it was time to pack up and leave. It hit me like a wave, and I was quite taken aback by the feeling, so I voiced it to my brother, and he agreed that we should pack up right away and leave. We started packing up at a normal pace like we were just tired and wanted to leave. And that when we heard a sound very close to us, on the opposite side of the pond, which wasn't that big, that I could only describe the sound as of death itself. And it seemed to go on for several minutes. And when I say that we looked at each other in absolute 
fear. I genuinely mean I was ready to have a heart attack right then, right there. At that point, after being frozen for a few minutes, and quite reasonably so, after hearing the bellowing screech so close to us, we turned on the car, drove it back so we could see better with the headlamps, and just started throwing everything into the car without much care, but with a whole lot of urgency. And it was like after the screaming, that's when shit really hit the fan. First, it was the sound of twigs snapping and footsteps all around us. Then, it was the shadows behind the trees. And I tried everything to try and get those shadows to change shape. Walking around the trees and moving the lights, but nothing it looked like there were people just staring at us the whole time. And you could really feel it too. We really felt like we weren't alone and that we weren't with friendly entities either. We also noticed that all three cats were huddled right behind our car, away from the trees so they were not the ones snapping twigs, but literally did not care if they were not going to move. I was still getting out of there. Thankfully, they left when we started reversing but they too looked absolutely terrified and were just staring at the trees too. I also felt like whatever was there was getting closer, and I have never felt anything like it. It was a gut feeling, and you just know it's one of those natural instincts you should not ignore. Thankfully, we were able to pack up quickly, Our tent was very close to the trees, though, so that was a nerve-wracking experience. And whilst we were packing, it is still very silent. It's very normal for the birds around that area to continue making sounds until 2 or 3 a.m. And at this point, it was about 8 p.m., so it was highly unusual. I personally think I was most terrified as I was driving away back onto the main dirt path to leave the desert. I know cars very well. I don't know how they drive in the sand, and I know our car especially well, because we've had it for so long, and I could instantly tell that the steering was off and completely fighting against me, which fixed itself the second we were on the highway. The sound of twigs snapping was still all around us, and it was loud enough to be heard over the sounds of the car. And on the path was what seemed like every bird that was in the area, just standing there and staring at us until we got close enough to force them to walk, not even fly, away. At one point, my brother just grabbed my shoulder and told me very sternly to just keep looking in front of me and under no circumstances to look through his window. It was the tone of his voice that told me to listen to him for the love of God. We were in a part of the desert where we had to pretty much drive through the whole of the accessible areas to get onto the highway, and there wasn't a single person around us. 
The only thing we saw was a very clearly abandoned Toyota Hilux positioned behind a small dune and hidden by the trees but was far enough from our campsite to easily be rolled out as the source of the original screech. The worst thing I saw was as we were closing to the exit. Now we know these deserts very well. We've both grown up here and have been riding dirt bikes and quad bikes in these deserts since we moved here. And we know what wildlife to expect. Cats, birds, spiders, goats, camels, mice, foxes, maybe even the occasional Scorpio. Or if you are really unlucky, a snake. But that is it. There is nothing else in these deserts. We saw standing in the middle of the path, staring directly at us, a deer. A god darn deer. I've only ever seen one deer in 16 years of living here. And that was in someone's garden as a pet. It's safe to say I was in complete shock, and the deer was just not moving at all until I got close enough that we could practically smell the thing before it slowly walked off the path whilst looking right at us. We quickly moved past the deer, and again, my brother, with a gasp, and then very sternly, said to keep my eyes right on the road. I asked him as we got on the highway what it was that he kept seeing, and he very reluctantly told me he kept seeing large figures around us any time we went through a bend, and they were all either pointing right at us or ahead of us. I'm very glad he didn't tell me at that time, because I would have been crapping myself. We still were yet to encounter anyone, but... We still very clearly heard sounds all around us. And again, not the usual bird or cat, but very clearly big and unrelenting. While I saw the exit, I was happy. As I have ever been, but that quickly faded when, once again, we saw another deer standing right in the middle of the road. Slowly walking away and looking right at us. Except this time, it didn't really look like a deer. More like a kangaroo mixed with a deer. And its eyes were milky. And it looked rotten and horrible. But I didn't much care. I just stepped on the gas, and fortunately, it had gotten out of the way in time. Now, when you exit the desert... You can either turn right onto a long stretch of highway, or you can go left and go through a small town, then take the back streets to a parallel highway. And as I was about to turn right, my brother once again, with that same tone of voice, said to go to the town and go to the right. Later, he once again said he saw a line of figures pointing ahead of us, so if we would have gone that way, we wouldn't have made it home in one piece. Thankfully, as we made it further and further away and close to our home, the gut feeling of being watched was going away. And of course, 
Having never experienced something like this before, I was distraught and wanted to talk about it. My brother told me as we were going home that because we were alone, the Zhen wanted to mess with us, that they wanted to scare us and most likely cause us harm, and that the way they get to you in such rural places is to force you to stop and then do whatever they want. Which makes sense as to why there were so many animals on our path. He also said that they caused bad luck, and he could fill them the second we entered the desert, which explained his clumsiness all day in the car that got stuck in such an unusual manner. There is also my younger brother, by three years, and naturally any time he ever told me about this sort of thing, I always just dismissed it as him scaring himself. I can excuse the sounds we heard and the shadows we saw last night. I can excuse the gut feeling as just being scared. But I cannot excuse the two deer we saw staring right at us. And I cannot excuse the car just randomly fighting against me as I was driving. The deer completely freaked me out, as did the tone of my brother's voice. I'm also sorry if this is written sporadically. I'm still shaken up and trying to make sense of everything. And it's safe to say we are not going camping there again. And it's safe to say I'm never dismissing my brother when it comes to this kind of thing again. And God, am I so thankful that we made it home safely. Oh, one more thing. I also forgot to mention that as we were setting up our tent, it was fighting us. We would secure one end of it into the ground, and instantly another end would pop out. And after we finally managed to get it set up, it looked as if something was pushing it in, and it collapsed once before we got it back up, and again, it looked like something was pushing on it which is something neither of us have ever experienced before. And we have set up tents in the middle of a sandstorm before. We won't be going back to that place to desert camp ever again. So, this happened to my girlfriend's cousin two or three years ago. It was Southeast Asia, so landscape might be different. And my grammar probably ruined her day. The cousin, I'll call him Jim, lives in the countryside a bit far from the city and has to work in the city. His work usually ended around 7 p.m. and he would take some food from his workplace back home. He works in a small restaurant. It'd take him around half an hour ride from his motorcycle to get home from the city through the road in the middle of the field to his home. So, this one day, he finished his work a bit late. It was dark AF, so he did the usual 
hopped on his bike, food on the bag hanging from one of the bike's handles. Then he rode straight back home. Then, on his bike across the road, in the middle of the field, he heard something that sounded like someone running after him, which is weird because it was dark in the middle of nowhere, and that running guy, whoever they were, kept constant pacing after a motorcycle. Jim looked at the mirror to see what was after him. It was a person, naked, pale, a guy running after him with speed almost as fast as his bike. And this guy, whoever they were, had a long neck stretched up as tall as a tree. Normally, it took Jim half an hour to get to his home, but that day, he reached home within ten minutes. Speeding through the road like a madman, he parked his bike outside the house, jumped the fence, and got into the house as quickly as possible. The next day, he told his mother what happened. She joked that it might be after his food because there are a lot of hungry, wandering spirits out there. He still does the same as usual, though. Just never got home late again. He never came face to face with that long-necked, naked man again. I'm a bit of a paranormal skeptic. I accept there is stuff that isn't easily explainable, but that's about as far as my level of belief goes. That said, my mother had a stroke in 2009. She spent her last month in a care home and was hospitalized from there a few times. I lived about 10 miles away. One night, I was in bed, awake having only recently settled, and I suddenly heard my name called. It was loud, clear, and sharp. Exactly the way my mother would address me when she was irritable. It freaked me out so much that I told my husband about it. The next morning, we had a call from her care home. My mother, who was suffering from vascular dementia and was nonverbal by this time, had been taken to hospital in the night. Best we could work out, the time I, thought I, Heard my name was about the time they were calling an ambulance. We went to the hospital. Mother was alive but unable to communicate and was fading fast. She died about 12 hours later. Sadly, I was not there. While this is not the most dramatic story, it is 100% true and something that I, as a bit of a skeptic, have never been able to explain. Nothing like it before or since. No history of imagining stuff. No prior knowledge that my mother had been taken unwell that night. To this day, I swear she called my name. More an annoyance than anything else. And I have no explanation for it. None. 
Oh, and I forgot to mention, there was no one in the house apart from me and my husband, and it certainly wasn't him who called my name. I had a really creepy experience the other night, and I'm looking for an insight about what I'm dealing with. Also, if you have had any experience with shadow dogs, I'd love to hear your story. Here is what happened to me. I was asleep and saw a large black shadow dog with red eyes chasing something across my path. Right after seeing this, I immediately woke up because my patio door slammed open and a gust of cold air came into my bedroom. I have no idea how this door opened. I literally never use this door. It is very sticky, which is difficult to open, even if you try to. And there is a much more convenient door to access the balcony. With that, I use instead. It couldn't have been opened from outside as my balcony has no stairs to access from outside. I also live alone, so it couldn't have been anyone else. There is no way wind could have opened it, either as the wind would have needed to gust from inside the bedroom for the door to open that way and would require such a forceful wind that it would have probably moved other more easily moved objects before the sticky door. It wasn't especially windy outside at the time either. I'm just trying to understand how this happened. I have gone through all rational explanations, and now I'm left with only paranormal ones. Could it have been the shadow dogs? Why would they need to open my balcony door like that? What were they chasing? What were the shadow dogs? Has anyone else had any similar experiences? This is an experience I had a few years ago, which made me believe in the paranormal, and I hope you find it as interesting and creepy as I did. English as second language, so I'll try my best. So, I went out a very early morning around 5 a.m. to take photos in the forest, since I have always liked the vibe of the forest, especially during mornings, since it has kind of a calmness to it. I live in central Sweden, where we have many deep forests everywhere. Much of it is untouched. Think plenty of moss and old trees. This particular forest I was in was quite near my home. However, since I lived on the countryside, I was very alone with no other soul around. During this morning, there was no fog lingering in the treetops from the surrounding rivers, which looked really cool, to be honest. So I was so ready to take some cool photos. I went into the forest after parking my car along the road that went beside it 
and started walking straight in. After maybe a hundred meters, I stopped to take some photos, mostly of dead trees and mushrooms and things like that. I was 20 and felt artsy. After a few minutes, I started hearing knocks on the trees. Probably a bird, I thought, since we have woodpeckers around here, so hearing that was not unusual. The strange thing is that I started looking for it since it came from a tree that was right beside me, but I couldn't find it. Unlucky, I thought. I wanted to see if I could get a nice photo, but I decided to move on. I continued walking into the forest when I noticed something. The knocking or pecking seemed to follow me as I walked. It continuously knocked on trees close to me. At this point, I didn't think too much about it. However, that would change after a while. I stopped at a spot that looked really nice to set my camera on a tripod in an attempt to maybe snap some cool photos of the surrounding area and treetops. I sat down and continued to hear the knocking on a tree just a few meters behind me. At this point, I started to feel a little weird since I had really noticed how it seemed to follow me. A few seconds later, while changing my camera settings, I suddenly heard several very loud, clear, and heavy footsteps behind me that rapidly came closer and closer until it was right behind me. My whole body froze. I have not, till this day, experienced chills like that throughout my entire body. After what felt like several seconds, I flew up and turned to what I thought was some kind of big animal, but nothing was there. For context, beside a few trees, this area was not dense. Just a few trees here and there, but mostly moss and grass. I picked up all my things and started walking really fast back towards my car, and that's when the knocking started again. It followed me again, and I just knew something was mocking me, so I even said out loud, Yes, I am leaving. I knew that whatever it was, it did not want me there. I continued to hear the knocking until I came back to the spot where I first started hearing it, and it just stopped. I did not. I went straight back to my car and went home. Before this, I was skeptical to the paranormal, but it really changed my views. Since then, I have only had one more experience, but this is the one that scares the ever-living hell out of me to this day. So, I recently moved out with my boyfriend. We just got a year in November. And we found an apartment in a rather popular, expensive area for cheap. Average rent here is about 
$2,000 for a one-bedroom. This apartment was going for $1,600. We got the apartment without even thinking. The first day we moved in, I was home alone while my boyfriend ran to go pick up the rest of his things from his house. I felt this really weird gut feeling like I was being watched or something. I looked around and my attention just kept going to the dark hallway that leads to our bedroom. I went to the hallway to reassure myself, and the second I walked into the hallway, I kind of saw something move in the living room from the corner of my eye. This didn't sit well with me, so I had to call my sister to feel better. Let's skip to November of 2022. We've been living here for a year now, and recently, my boyfriend, just out of nowhere, decided to share how he sometimes feels like he's being watched, and how he feels like it's coming from our hallway, and how sometimes he sees movement. Keep in mind, this was very random, and I was cleaning around the apartment. The second I heard him say that, the hair on the back of my neck stood up. I'm not much of a believer. I kind of stick to the facts. I got to see it to believe it. My boyfriend's family has a history of children experiencing or seeing paranormal things, and we both immediately thought to ask his brother, who stayed with us for about three weeks back in July. A little context. He used to be able to see and talk to ghosts when he was younger, from what I've been told. So, we call up his brother and ask. Of course, already being terrified, I was hopeful this guy would say no. But you don't always get what you want in life. Homeboy straight up tells us, Yeah... Every night I would see his shadow. He doesn't seem to know where he's at. He likes to hang out in your kitchen and hallway, though, and likes to make himself known. I wouldn't worry, though. Like, ha-ha? I'm sorry. What? Not worry. Now, of course, I still feel skeptical. However... There's things that happen in my apartment that are sometimes just unexplainable, such as hearing noises in our ceilings. We live on the second floor with no one above us but an attic, like walkway above us, that maintenance has to use to access some electrical. I can hear sighs that, or heavy breathing sometimes when my boyfriend is home. And then I asked what's wrong and why he sighed. And then he would tell me, I didn't say anything or sigh. But me perfectly knowing I heard it clearly. Cabinets used to open overnight. We set up a camera in our living area to capture how they're opening and never opened again after the camera was set up. Side note on the camera. 
the camera sometimes picks up movement that's not there. Does anyone have any helpful suggestions or information, ideas, or explanations about what's going on? Of course, you're not here physically to witness and give us facts, but I guess what I'm looking for is someone who's experienced something similar or knows something. Me and my boyfriend are just days away from wanting to move out of this apartment. So I'm back for yet another story. Back again in my childhood home where we left off with the kitchen walker. This time around the topic is the weeping cabinet in the dining room. By the time my mom divorced my dad, we had long since turned the dining room into anything but. It was my brother's room, my dad's room, a playroom, and then a man cave. The dining room is directly connected to the kitchen, where the kitchen walker's domain is. In said dining room were these two glass china cabinets that we had put my dad's old Coca-Cola memorabilia and action figure collection in. When my mom moved out, my dad took her old room, known as Alcatraz, because it felt separated from the house and the boiler heating system rattled like you wouldn't believe. And we turned the dining room into the man cave. We had a TV and a futon set up in the middle of the room with the cabinets to the left of the TV. Flash forward a year and my dad is packing up and moving out across town. I'm spending the night at Dad's and am in the man cave. I got my back to the cabinets and it's around one in the morning. I suddenly get a feeling like my heart is exploding and my eyes start uncontrollably tearing up. I knew for a fact I'm being watched by something standing in front of the cabinets. Just off to the left in my peripheral, there is this faceless entity with black just dripping from its chin, like tears streaming down its face. This entity, which has shown up for the first time, just stands there and watches me while I uncontrollably sob for half an hour. You could feel its emotions and tell it was sad, not mad. That made it all the harder to bear. You see, those same cabinets for years would rattle to me and would move the action figures, clink Coke bottles together, and I'd even hear it sing. My dad had an old Coca-Cola speaker without batteries but I still remember hearing occasional nursery rhymes. London Bridge, Ring Around the Rosie, and This Little Light of Mine, just to name a few. I will go to my grave with the firm belief that the poor ghost wept for our departure. I never got to know it like I did. 
Bethany, the hell ghost, or the kitchen walker. But I will miss it dearly. And I hope if someone takes up residence in that house, they too will be friendly to specters. The ghosts in that house are very kind and just want to hang out. I have a hard time explaining things through text as English is not my first language, so please bear with me in this story. So, I guess I'll start this story almost ten years ago, when I was about six or seven. I stayed, and still do, with my grandparents. They lived in a two-bedroom, single trailer, with an added-on room. Keep this in mind for later. So, one day, I was asleep. My little sister was in the bed, and my mom had stayed that night, so she slept in the same bed also. All of a sudden, my eyes popped open, and my heart started beating fast. I thought I had just woke from a nightmare for real. As soon as I set up, I seen this short shadow thing and the hall light was on, so I saw the thing turn into the room. Its head looked like a sideways lemon, kind of like Stewie, and it was moving its head side to side as it was gliding across the floor towards me. I hid under the covers and called my mom. I didn't see it again till I was at my cousin's house, We were in her attic, and all of my younger cousins could see the same shadow thing except for the adults. It was slamming the door open and closed, and once it saw me, it started going faster. After that, I didn't see it again. Flash forward to 2021. In December of 2020, There was an incident that caused me to be depressed, and I was home all the time by myself. I was around 15 at that time. So I was in the kitchen about to fix myself something to eat, until I got this dark feeling telling me to get out of the house now. I looked down the hall, and it got really dark. So I ran outside and prayed and felt way better. Ever since then, I felt like someone was watching me every time at my grandparents' house. Now I'm going to get into my recent sighting. Around fall of 2021, I was in the added-on part of my grandparents' trailer, and I looked outside and seen an orange-slash-red-looking person They had no knees, no calves, and no head. It looked like a corpse to me. It was just walking, so I opened the door, thinking it could have been my grandfather, but nobody was there. 2022, my grandparents got a new trailer put in the same spot. Then again, I'm there by myself every day. 
Ever since then, we started staying. There, I got this feeling of dread. It's mostly in my grandmother's room, so I avoid going in there at any cost. Me and my mom and my little sister have been seeing this lady with a long white dress out of the corner of our eye. And when it's not that entity, it's a shadow one. Today, I was in the kitchen and the trailer we have now is flipped, so where the kitchen is now was where the added in room was. I looked out and seen the orange looking thing again, but I saw the whole body this time and it looked as if it were gliding. It spooked me unusually. I think, oh, it's a bird. But this time, I started shaking and almost cried. It took me 30 minutes to calm down and got up and went to the kitchen again. And I saw another one. But this one was all black with white eyes. Standing the exact same way as the other one gliding. The house is by an old abandoned home. And one, my close neighbors, passed. So I don't know if that had anything to do with it. But I'm scared to go back home. I told my grandmother. She told me to just pray. I can't make sense of any of this. What do you think is haunting our home? Several years ago, a friend and I went on a multi-day hiking trip during winter. While preparing for the trip, I found a forum dedicated to the trail we'd be hiking and several threads about people going missing on it. Most of the members blamed the hikers themselves, saying they were most likely inexperienced, would-be adventurers, who had went off trail and gotten lost. There was one old man on the forum who claimed he completed the trail once a year for the past 50 years or so, and he believed there was something more sinister behind these disappearances. Naturally, the other members just laughed at him. We set off before sunrise to get as many miles in as possible on the first day. That entire day, we only met one other person, a friendly middle-aged man who lived somewhat locally. He seemed impressed that we were taking on the trail in winter and even invited us to camp near his property, but we declined and pressed on. That night, we were surprised by some pretty dangerous terrain around the edge of a lake and took the decision to sleep in our bivy sacks under an overhanging rock. Not exactly ideal camping conditions, but given the potential hazards, we felt this was the smartest choice. I didn't sleep well at the best of times in a bivy sack, but, if you've ever been zipped into one, you'll know how claustrophobic it can feel. The rock hanging over my head didn't help either. 
a few hours after I had eventually managed to fall asleep. I woke suddenly to the sound of my friend shouting and swearing at me. I popped my head out of my bivy and saw that he was still zipped inside his. Had someone gotten off the relatively level ground we had been sleeping on and was slowly sliding down towards the lake. I quickly got up and dragged him, with great effort, back up to the level ground. He was absolutely furious with me, claiming that he'd felt me drag him, but soon calmed down and accepted that he'd most likely rolled over repeatedly in his sleep. We didn't go back to sleep, and instead had some coffee and breakfast while waiting for the sun to come up. When we did set off, it started to rain heavily and didn't stop for most of the day. I was also having some trouble with an old injury in my leg, which slowed us down considerably. The sun seemed to disappear rather suddenly near the top of a deceptively steep hill, so we set up camp there and then, this time, in a tent. After a rough couple of days we had, we were grateful to be inside a tent, and the ground underneath us was actually not too bad. We talked and joked about the trip so far, and for some reason, I remember my friend expressing his disappointment that he'd forgotten to pack his iPad, and then we tried to sleep. Soon after, I began to hear what sounded like human footsteps. I thought to myself, surely there isn't someone else out here climbing this hill at night. The sound continued, and the more intently I listened, the more I became certain of what I was hearing. I poked my head out of the tent, and the sound stopped. I got out to pee and looked around. Not a soul in sight. Shortly after getting back into my sleeping bag, the footsteps started again, and this time they started circling our tent. By this point, I was pretty frightened, and I asked my friend, Are you hearing this? He responded, Yes, I freaking am. Knowing that he'd been hearing them the entire time and sounded as freaked out as I did, genuinely terrified me. We got out of the tent again and asked if anyone was there. But again, there was no one around and the sound had stopped instantly. The footsteps around the tent continued for quite some time and we didn't sleep. As soon as the sun came up, we packed up our things, got off the trail, and hiked to the nearest village, got a cab to the nearest town, and made our way home. We have never been able to find a convincing explanation of what could have been causing the sound of the footsteps that night. And my friend has since become a full-fledged missing person paranormal and conspiracy enthusiast.
All right, so this will be a long read, but please hear me out. I need help. I am not a native English speaker, so I am sorry for the misunderstandings or mistakes. I am sure there is something evil with me. It is driving me crazy. There is no paranormal activity, no voices, nothing. Just what I feel. It is not normal, without a reason. But let's start at the beginning. Everything started almost four years ago, on the 3rd of April, 2019. Me and two of my friends, all of us, 10 to 12 years old, very interested in paranormal, ghosts, etc. Especially me and one of those two friends found something. It was like a small stream or a small spring surrounded by trees at the end of a street of our little town. The three of us went there, and immediately we felt something. We felt like we were not alone, like something else was there. One of my friends said that she tasted blood in her mouth when we got to that region. We started hearing strange sounds. We were feeling something. We looked around, and then we left. We were very interested in that place because we knew there was something there. Every time when that second friend got to my little town, we went there, shot some photos and videos, tried to contact the entity in order to understand what it wants, if it is human or not, if it has good intentions or If not, to try and banish it for good. Every time we got there, we felt a presence. It wasn't good. Every time me and those two friends got there, we were seeing something very strange. They were like figures formed of trees. There was nothing there, just Sometimes a tree or multiple trees looked like a silhouette, but it was just that. The next time, they were all looking normal, except one, which still looks like a figure with open arms. The whole place looked dead. The trees were gray without any greenery, without life in them. This was only in that little region around 100 to 120 feet, 30 to 36 meters, in length. Everything outside of that perimeter was normal. We started finding dead animals, from snakes to a calf, and our minds formed the entity that was there, or at least how it looked. We knew how it looked like, without ever seeing it directly. What we saw was a dark figure without any details resembling a human. Just a dark figure. It had two arms and two legs. The arms had giant claws for fingers, 
sometimes iron claws. The eyes were gray, but not normal. It was almost like you can see eternal fog in them, like a window through which you can see only fog. It had a giant, abnormally big head for a human and a menacing grin. It also had four or more tree branches on its head, sometimes like horns, others like a halo made of tree branches. It was not always looking that way, but most times it was looking like that. But however it looked like, there were always knives or blades involved. It never formed like that in reality. It was always only showing in our heads. What little of it we could see were these strange figures formed from trees. We asked about its name. We knew it wasn't good. And we were almost entirely sure it wasn't human. So, we thought that his name was very important. We heard that if you knew the name of a demon, you have some kind of control or power over it. We asked it, and as always, it did not say it. But later that day, I found a note in the garden of an old woman living near the little stream. It looked like it was written by a child, but nobody except the three of us knew that we asked the entity its name, and none of us wrote it. It had written on it, Zaraz. We knew that this was its name. Now we knew it was not human. With time, all life left in that place started to die out. There were turtles in the water, crayfish, dragonflies. Everything started to disappear. There was nothing left. About a year ago, after all of that, around the middle, the end of 2020, me and my two friends were still doing the same thing, investigating that place. That was the time I came with the idea of using a Ouija board. I also had severe thanatophobia, which means fear of death. We used a homemade Ouija board from cardboard or wood in the region of the demon. We called that region the haunted little stream. We tried contacting it, but nothing significant happened. Yet, a few months from that, because of my thanatophobia, I wanted to contact the dead. I needed to know what was it like there. Is there even afterlife? So I used the homemade cardboard Ouija alone in my home one time, and nothing happened. After a few months, I decided to try again. It was around 4 a.m., My parents were very religious, orthodox Christians, so I waited for them to sleep, to start using the Ouija board. I got upstairs, alone, and began. I managed to contact a spirit, 
it was a woman. Her name was Pamela, I think. She was a good spirit. I had a little chat with her about the afterlife, and I said goodbye. Then, I managed to contact another spirit. This time, it pointed to the moon. I asked it about its name, but it just pointed at random letters with no connection. I tried saying goodbye multiple times, but it pointed at no every time. Then I got scared, left the planchette at goodbye, and left. About two days after that, I entered the floor where I used the Ouija. It smelled like something fermented. The whole floor smelled like that. There was nothing there from which the smell to come. Nothing. I informed my parents. We searched the whole floor, but there was nothing. The next day, the smell had changed. Now it was sulfur. The smell was so strong that one could barely stand there for more than a few minutes. I told my religious parents about the Ouija board. After a long talk, they convinced me that I need to become an Orthodox Christian. So, that happened. They prayed for months every day, but the smell was still there. Then a priest came. He did a ritual, and finally the smell was gone. That was in the beginning of 2021. The whole year passed without any problems, but at the end, I started feeling the presence again. As I said earlier, it started like unexplained episodes of rage, desperation, etc., there was no reason for them. Everything was fine. It was like they were forced onto me. As a Christian, I prayed for help, but it was only getting worse. Around the summer of 2022, it was unbearable. The faith did not help. I was in almost constant state of depression I had suicidal thoughts, and there was just no reason for it. I felt like there was someone else inside of me. I was in that state a long time, and it was literally unbearable. There was just no reason for it. I felt that presence. I knew that it was that presence. I had constant deja vu. I felt like I was not really alive, like nothing was real, like I was just watching a movie or playing a game. I felt like I was in a box, like even God could not hear me or help me, like I was closed in a parallel universe where nothing could hear me, where nothing could help me. There was no way for me to escape. I was alone and nothing could pass. This was constant. I felt how someone was digging into my mind and changing it. It was complete hell. 
I started losing my faith and became agnostic. This is the way most of 2022 passed. And here I am today. It is still the same. I still feel like I am in the world of the demon. A few days ago, I had a dream. I was in some kind of other world. It was an endless dark forest with rivers. That was the demon's world. Someone told me I need to gather different components in order for me and some other people to make a ritual to banish the demon. The components were a normal human skull, a leather box, a cloth, which is used in orthodox rituals, and some kind of strange human skull. It looked like it was made out of glass. It was glowing in something between red and orange. Then, after that, I was in some kind of giant building. It looked like an old hospital. There were people there. Everything looked sad and gray. It was again some kind of other world. The people there were prisoners. I found a shield-looking object, painted in red and black. There were some kind of runic symbols on it. I knew that it was something I needed for the ritual. A little girl appeared. It said that the shield was hers and that she will give it to me in order to complete the ritual. I also found the normal human skull and the box. The strange skull remained. I returned to the dark forest realm. There were many, many, even hundreds of people that were there. They were prisoners like me. An old woman appeared. She was a prisoner of the demon for a long time. Her face had changed. Only thing she had for a face was a gas mask. She was our ally. We need not manage to find the special skull. We all knew about the demon. It was there. We could see it from time to time behind the trees. Everything in the dream was symbolic. The people symbolized the souls of people both living and dead, being prisoners to the demon. The living were held to their bodies were very thin connection. The materials for the ritual were also symbolic. Everything was. Well, that is what I have. I am still in the same situation, feeling terrible, feeling enclosed in a fake version of our reality. My soul held captive with hundreds of others, without any hope or idea of salvation. I have nothing. Please, if someone got through that before, please tell me. If someone knows more about the entity, please tell me. You are my only hope. Its name is Zaraz. If someone got to hear... You cannot comprehend how thankful I am. Thank you so, so much for listening to this. If someone knows anything about the entity, 
my situation or anything else regarding all of this, please let me know. I have no other hope. To start, I have never experienced paranormal activity, but have been a huge fan of it and wonder what it would be like if it happened to me. Well, it did. And here is the story. It started on January 5th. I started to hear something coming from my wall when I turned my fans off to clean. And I thought I was hearing things until I put my ear to it and heard it get louder. On my wall, the wall faced east towards my dad's room and the side door and was next to the front door. I thought the noise could be our landlord working on something or someone else, maybe even TV in my dad's room since the living room is consistently empty, causing a silence throughout the house whenever the AC was shut off. When it was shut on, everything would be louder because the silence is replaced with the cooling sound of an AC system. So, when the silence was present, it was very clear I could hear everything. This noise just appeared and it sounded like mumbles, as if someone was speaking in literal twisted tongue. All I heard were straight mumbles of, incomprehensible words. I couldn't sound out a complete word. This voice in my wall mumbled for anything. I could check the other side of the wall the minute I heard the noise. There was nothing. Not a single voice here in the living room. There was just silence. I even tried knocking on the wall a little or something to act like I wanted to disturb whoever was mumbling on both sides and nothing changed. After that day, I heard it whenever I slept, ate in my room, did nothing with my fans off, but even if I dropped everything and went into the living room to go hear this mumbling, nothing was there. If I went to my wall, of course, I could hear it. But I wanted to know why I could only hear it in my room. Keep in mind, I'm fascinated with this. It's just all of a sudden, so it's abrupt. Fast forward a few weeks, and we're now at January 27th. That early morning around 1230, I heard it in my ear directly, the mumbles of something. I don't even remember clearly what I heard. It woke me up, though, and I was awoken to my closet lamp being on and my room being completely dark. I have one lamp in my room and another in my closet, with my TV being my main light of my room. Everything was off, but my closet light, and I swear someone was standing there, compressed against the door. I could see the shadows so vividly. It was like it was me in there, 
I used my closet as a closed space to just relax and listen to music. It's only like seven feet of space in there, and I'm the only one to use it. Out of the 22 days of this mumbling, there is this brighter side of my paranormal activity. I got up immediately, and as I walked to the closet, I didn't just open the door. No, I looked under the door, and someone with a hollowed pupil and grayish-white skin color at the best was looking through the tiny crack. I could see into my closet. The space is about an inch and a half wide, and I know what I saw. I know what I saw. I didn't get scared or jumpy. I got hyper and ecstatic. I started to be like, okay, what is that, and why is it in my closet? For about two minutes, until I saw the shadow was gone. Clear light on the floor now. I know what I see, and I saw the very clear difference. I open my door slowly and feel coldness come out. In my mind, I'm just absolutely fascinated. I really do wonder what the hell this is. That feeling I had seeing my closet empty and the light just on, it felt like instead it was standing behind me, but I didn't bother turning around scared. I turned my light off, and when I turned around to go back into bed, in the dark, yes, I just felt the cold on my skin, chest, legs, everywhere, and knew I was either in front of someone or in front of my fan, even though I didn't move at all, and I'm still at my closet door. I kept my peace and walked through it and got goosebumps from the feeling of walking through whatever was in front of me in the darkness. I got into bed and just stared into the darkness and specifically at my TV. I didn't sleep, and because of my fans and AC unit being on, that mumbling was the less of my concerns, so I just stayed up and realized I got what I asked for. With it being two months since then, the voice is gone and the activity has completely stopped. I didn't do anything. You all and I are the only ones, and I don't really want to speak on it to anyone else. I don't know. What do you all think? Is there something paranormal living in my room? And that, dear listeners, brings a close to these true paranormal encounters. If you are sleeping, I hope Slumberland is treating you kindly. And if you're awake listening, I hope you have enjoyed this collection. Until next time, I'll be reading to you soon. Have yourself a good morning, a good afternoon, or a good night.
Ohio, ready for some quick mental health facts? Let's go. Nearly 2 million Ohioans live with a mental health condition. In the U.S., more than 50% of people will be diagnosed with a mental illness in their lifetime. Depression is a leading cause of disability worldwide. So why are some of us still stigmatizing people living with a mental health condition when we know all of this? Let's listen to the facts and beat the stigma. Ohio, challenge what you know about mental health at beatthestigma.org.